Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well. Wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. I know y'all have other things that you could be doing, possibly need to be doing, so I appreciate it. And I'll try and use your time wisely. And hopefully it gets you through a little bit of your day, whether you're driving up and down the road or working on fence or changing diapers, doing laundry, dishes, conference period, getting ready for work or sitting at home in the evenings. And gives you some tools. in your tool bag, as we used to say in the Marine Corps. Not a lot at all going on on the old homestead. It is just bake the grass dead hot outside. Uh, trying desperately to salvage the fruit trees and grapevines that we planted earlier this year. I think we're going to manage to save a couple, but I'm pretty sure we've lost the apricot and two of the apple trees at least the apricot may have had something to do with me driving the lawnmower over it that's a possibility father thank you for today thank you for you and your son jesus christ thank you for your holy spirit thank you for the time to record this podcast and the people that listen to it Bless them and their families. Thank you for living in America and the time you're giving us to try and turn our nation around. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our lack of gratitude, our rejection of you. Forgive us for focusing on so many other things that aren't priorities. Giving ourselves to other things and not to you. And those things which you tell us to. Help us as individuals and as a nation turn back to you, to seek you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love you that way, to seek your kingdom and your righteousness first, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. In your son's name we pray, amen. So I ran across a little blip. We've got something to talk about, but... Uh, one of the, well, those three sources that I tell you all about most days, often at least, during certain parts of the year, the Founders Bible, Patriots Bible, and the American God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes. The Founders Bible, uh, and I kind of flip between those and other sources. And, and again, you can find this stuff a lot of different places, folks. The thing that makes these really nice is that they kind of have it all in one place for you. And especially with, so the, the American Guide and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations is alphabetical order. And so, you know, if you're looking for something by Thomas Jefferson, you can flip to him and find it. So that's nice. And you can use these to kind of check the other sources, right? You can look in one and 
And sometimes one of the others has a piece of information that the other one doesn't. Um, and then the Founders Bible and the Patriots Bible tied into Scripture really well. Often they'll have uh, a little blip about something based on a Bible verse or chapter or even a whole book. And the Patriots Bible at the beginning of each one usually has a little quote that kind of ties into that book in the Bible. The Founders Bible is by the Wall Builders Organization. Uh, Barton, I believe, is the man's name. Really ought to check that. I use it so often. And if you don't follow them, uh, A, I would recommend getting the Bible, but if you at least follow them wherever you are online, they produce some great stuff. And I just saw a little clip of one of their presentations. They do presentations across the country in different places, I believe. And it was talking about a quote from Benjamin Franklin. And I wish I had the quote still in front of me, but I don't. But the gist of it was, Benjamin Franklin said, look, I don't have to explain all the phrases that I use out of the Bible in America. Because everybody in America knows the Bible so well that they automatically know the references when I'm talking. But in England and France, I have found that when I use biblical references, if I don't illustrate, if I don't give credit wherever that's from in the Bible, often the people are confused and they don't really understand. And so there's two things there. One, uh, which probably is the more important, and it echoes something John Quincy Adams said, it wasn't really so much commendable at that time to know the Bible as it was condemning not to know it. Uh, and we don't know the Bible today. Our Bible literacy is horrific, just as a nation in general. Um, and so we don't get a lot of these references anymore that they did. It ties into the second point, which is, our founders didn't explicitly say often God and Jesus Christ because they knew that the people knew that. The references that they made, when you go back and look at them, people knew where those references came from. And that's why today so often the left is able to sell the lie of deism at best, right? Because we don't know these quotes anymore. So when we read these founding documents, these letters, these writings of our founders, and they're putting these references to the Bible in, we don't know them anymore. And that's why it's so dangerous that we don't know the Bible because it's so easy to sell these lies that when you go and you dig into them and you spend the time and you see those references, you go, oh my gosh, there's, this is a separation of church and state in the modern sense is a complete lie. Our founders use the Bible constantly all the time to go back to and lean on. So uh, I'll try and find that quote at some point. It's a, it's a great quote and it's really important. What we're going to talk about today is something, if I can find it again. There we go. So there's a few little clips out of both of these Bibles in particular. Uh, about talking about our earlier leaders. And many of our early leaders were ministers. Their faith led them to action. 
in supporting and creating our new nation. They weren't merely bystanders. And particularly in the 1700s, really uh, from the early mid part all the way up to the revolution, these pastors, I forget the number of sermons that some of our founders had heard, but, you know, we spend all our time scrolling our phones and watching Amazon and Hulu and watching sports hours and hours. A lot of them, uh, because they didn't have access to that entertainment, which really today uh, seems blatantly a blessing in disguise, they spent time reading the Bible. They spent time interacting one-on-one with their family. Uh, strengthening their marriages. They spent time listening. Some of the stories that you hear, there's a story in the back of my head. I think the name, the man's name was Cole. It's out of a different book. Um, 100 Bible verses that saved America or created America. I can't remember right now. But they heard, just merely heard that Whitfield, George Whitfield, I think was the, the preacher's name, was giving a sermon. And, uh, the man came running out of the field, yelled in the house at his wife, hey, get ready, we're going. He's, he's just down the road. He's just 12 miles away. And he went and saddled the horse while his wife scrambled to get ready. And they rode as hard as they could. And when the horse would start to get tired, the husband, Cole, would get down and start to run beside the horse until the horse could catch its breath. And then he would get back on behind his wife and ride again, which, by the way, is shows the femininity that apparently uh, is so horrible to the left today and the toxic masculinity. And they, they, they race this way all the way to get to this pastor just to hear his sermon. And there were thousands and thousands of people that had done the same, you know, this just deep desire, this awakening. And that, that's what our founders grew up with, and, and we've got to have it. We've got to have these pastors. And so I'm going to read a, just a few quotes out of these, these uh, Bibles, a couple of them, the Patriot and the Founder, about some of these founders. And, and the thing to remember here, folks, is as you listen to this, these people were involved, right, these pastors. How up? highly unlikely it is and and history doesn't show it when we go back and actually read history it it shows that this wouldn't be the case but how highly unlikely it is that they would ever have agreed with or stood by while christianity was condemned by the state as so many of our fellow leftist citizens try and convince of us convince us today of that that Christianity was condemned by the state as just one of many religions and and maybe even the worst one at that and kicked to the side out of this new nation. Uh, it's it's it takes an amazing leap of faith to think that these men of such strong faith in Christ would have agreed to setting up a constitution and a nation that meant to do anything that would devalue Christianity to the level of other false religions or 
shutter it into a closet in our own personal homes. I believe this is out of the Patriots Bible, but I didn't quite get it. So, uh, indicative of this spirit in 1775, the Lutheran pastor, John Peter Gabriel Mullenberg, preached a sermon on Ecclesiastes 3.1. To everything there is a season, a time for purpose under heaven. Concluding his message, he declared, in the language of the holy writ, there is a time for all things. There is a time to preach and a time to fight. And now is the time to fight. He then threw off his clerical robes to reveal the uniform of a revolutionary army officer. That afternoon, at the head of 300 men, he marched off to join General Washington's troops and became colonel of the 8th Virginia Regiment. Reverend Frederick Augustus Mullenberg, 1750-1801, this is out of the Founder's Bible. Originally from Pennsylvania, he was educated in Germany and then ordained in the Lutheran ministry. Coming back to America, he became a pastor in Pennsylvania and later in New York. And when in New York, the British occupied the city, uh, forced him out of the church, and desecrated it. He ended up being elected to the Continental Congress, then to the Pennsylvania legislature, becoming its Speaker of the House. He headed to the state convention to ratify the U.S. Constitution and was then elected as a member of the first federal Congress, where he became the first Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives and helped frame the Bill of Rights. So you see, you know, just these couple of examples, and there's, there's a ton of them, folks. These men who were pastors being intimately involved in the founding of our country. Reverend John Peter Gabriel Mullenberg, originally from Pennsylvania, uh, educated in Germany, entered the Lutheran ministry, and on a visit to England in 1772 was ordained in the Anglican Church also. He was a pastor of two churches in Virginia, elected to the state legislature in 1774, and two years later, with war with the British coming, raised the 8th Virginia Regiment from his church, entered the American Revolution, uh, serving as military general throughout the conflict. This is just a different frame of reference of the same guy. Uh, he became lieutenant governor, worked on the Bill of Rights again. He served as a congressman under President George Washington and John Adams, and then served as a senator under President Thomas Jefferson. One more little clip, uh, probably not that little, but Samuel Francis Smith, American poet and clergyman. This is not during the revolution, but this is, again, just shows how much our founding and early history has tied the Bible. Uh, wrote the hymn, My Country Tis of Thee, graduated from Harvard uh, as the same class as the poet Oliver Wendell Holmes, became a Baptist minister professor of modern languages at Waterville College, 
edited the Christian Review, uh, helped the American Baptist Missionary Union, and as a 23-year-old seminary student, after hearing the national anthems for England, Sweden, and Russia, within about a half an hour wrote, My Country Tis of Thee. My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside let freedom ring. Uh, that's just the first stanza. The others go like this. That's the one we're probably a little bit familiar with, although I don't know if kids today are anymore. My native country, thee, land of the noble free, thy name I love. I love thy rocks and rills, thy woods and templed hills. My heart with rapture thrills like that above. Let music swell the breeze and ring from all the trees sweet freedom's song. Let mortal tongues awake, let all that breathe partake. Let rocks their silence break, the sound prolong. Our Father's God to thee, author of liberty, to thee we sing. Long may our land be bright with freedom's holy light. Protect us by thy might, great God, our King. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.